The issues that matter most, right here. The Drew Mariani Show. On Relevant Radio. Our culture around us is saying that if you think that marriage is between one man and one woman, then you're ignorant or you hate. If you think that a marriage is for life, then you're naive or, or worse. If you think that life begins at conception and has an inviolable dignity until natural death, then you don't care about people who might be stuck in a situation like this and you're the problem. And they have this division, not only from culture around us and those the people in the church, but you have this division in families. Because to choose Jesus means I have to live differently. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. That's the voice of Father Mike Schmitz talking about the real life issues that you and I face as Catholics in the culture and addressing these real issues that are before you and me and our kids and our grandkids. Francis Cardinal George, the late Francis Cardinal George, arguably one of the greats in the Catholic Church in the United States and around the world, was talking about culture quite a bit, probably ahead of the curve as Francis Cardinal George was on so many issues, talking about the culture. Bishop Robert Barron used to live with Cardinal George in Chicago, and we were talking to him one day here on Relevant Radio, and he said, you know, having dinner with Francis Cardinal George every night in his residence was like getting a Ph.D. in 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 Catholicism, getting a Ph.D. every single night because of the penetrating questions he would ask. So you can imagine eavesdropping in a conversation between Francis Cardinal George and Pope St. John Paul II. They're talking about culture. Let's take a look at that conversation and what you and I can learn about setting the culture and what our conversation should be like. Father Robert Mateg is with us. He's a member of the Maryland Province of the Society of Jesus, a professor of philosophy and theology, and has taught and lectured in North and Central America, Europe, Asia, all around the world. His classes are known for in both rhetoric and medical ethics, and he has written about this very question that should be on the mind of every serious Roman Catholic man and woman. He's written for that. He's written for uh, Alitea about the issue. Father McTagg, welcome back to Relevant Radio. Uh, John, good to be working with you again. Thanks be to God. What was that conversation like? You can imagine just eavesdropping on a conversation between Francis Cardinal George and John Paul II. Well, the, well, picture this. Uh, Cardinal George is not yet Cardinal George. He's the new Archbishop of Chicago. And the Archdiocese of Chicago is about the size of a small country. And every five years, the ordinary of a diocese has to meet with the Pope for what they call the ad limina visit. It means right. coming to the threshold. And, you know, so he's he's just come on board. He's inherited the small country. His staff gives him a massive document on all the facts and figures and ups and downs of the archdiocese, this conglomeration he's inherited. He walks in with John Paul, pr- presents it to him, and John Paul just pushes it aside and says, what are you doing about the culture? I, I find that, that breathtaking. That's, that's the, the talk of, of a leader and not a bureaucrat. Wow. But that's also the question that God's going to ask us on Judgment Day, right? What did you do with you? What did you do about the culture? And as you and I have this conversation on the day that the Church commemorates the conversion of St. Paul, it's what did you do as a disciple in the culture? Right, right. You know, um, 
God isn't so much going to ask us about our, our accomplishments, our grade point average, or what our income was. He's going to ask us what he did, what we did with the life and circumstances that, that he placed us in. Uh, God is wise, and none of us are here by chance. We're here with a great purpose, and what we have to do is contribute to the culture of life. You know, Catholics talk about contributing to the common good. They almost don't know what it, what it means. The common good doesn't mean spreading more stuff around. The common good means setting up a culture in which it's easier to live and die as a saint, because that's really everyone's final exam. Did you live and die as a saint? And right now, I think the cultural cards are stacked against us. Let me play devil's advocate, Father McTagg, because if someone's listening right now in the car and saying, God, you know, they always talk about that over on Relevant Radio. It's those Catholics again. uh, They're talking about setting the culture. They ought to spend a day in my shoes. I don't like my boss. My kids are giving me trouble. I got to wear these masks. There's all the COVID-19 regulations. I'm fighting to make ends meet. I don't have time to set the culture. What do you say to that Catholic who's got all good intentions and wants to take care of his family? How does that young Catholic man or woman change the culture? You know, it, it's, it's a funny thing. When we think of changing the culture, we, we think of high drama. We think of arguing before the Supreme Court or on, or on the floor of the Senate or, or ending up on, on television or, if you're less ambitious, radio. And, and instead it said, no, it's where you are and who you're with. Are you testifying to the dignity of human life? Are you testifying to the power and mercy and victory of Christ? Are you carrying your cross bravely and fruitfully? You know, I, I think of, of a lot of at-home moms that talk about changing the world one diaper at a time. Yeah. The stuff of high drama? Probably not. But is it is it the, the place where souls can be forged and made? Absolutely. Doing the duty of your state in life in the moment to the best of your ability for the sake of love, that's how how great heroes are made, and they're not to be discounted or dismissed. What are you doing about the culture? It's the first question that Pope St. John Paul II asked Francis Cardinal George as the then new Archbishop of the Archdiocese of Chicago, the relatively new Archbishop of Chicago. And they talked about setting the culture. It's our conversation with Father Robert McTagg this afternoon here on the Drew Mariani Show. He's written about it for Alitea.org. And we're curious, what, what do you do in your own corner of the world, in your own way, to set the culture? 888 Let me put it another way. How would somebody know that you are a Roman Catholic man or woman and you're living your faith in just some of the everyday stuff that you and I do? 888-914-9149. 888-914-9149. Before I set the culture, I'm wrestling with my pride, Father McTagg. Uh, how do I try to pin, to use a wrestling term, how do I try to pin the pride to the mat. So I'm not doing my agenda, but doing God's agenda. See, that that's an important question. That's the difference between working for God and doing God's work. Uh, when you're working for God, you say, hey, God, I've decided to do this, and I want you to bless it, and I'm going to be mad at you and badmouth you if you don't. Doing God's work is, Lord, this is the mission you gave me. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. You know, the opposite of pride is humility. Humility humility is rooted in telling the truth. If Tiger Woods said that he's not a good golf player, he's not humble. He's just a bad liar. 
So humility is to say God's holy and I'm not, and I have to be holy and I can't do it on my own. I have to turn to God. And once you realize that you're called to achieve something that you are incapable of achieving on your own, but something that you must say yes to, then, then all the braggadocio, all the inclination to pride go out the window because you've got your eyes and ears and heart and minds and hands set upon paying attention to your Savior. In our conversations with you in the past, you talked about before you answered the call to the priesthood, you worked in secular life and you were quite successful and living the life in greater Washington, D.C. When you were living that life in the secular world, how did you address these issues that we were talking about or were they not on your radar? Oh, no, no, they, they were very much uh, on my radar. I mean, it, w- it was the 1980s. It was Reagan-era Washington, D.C. Uh, I mean, I wasn't a fat cat, but as, as a single young man, I, I was comfortable, and I had a nice car and a townhouse and a gold card and, and, and all the things that, that the world could offer. And I kept coming up empty. I kept wondering, you know, is this all that there is? Mm-hmm. And I saw people who were five years, 10 years, 15 years uh, ahead of me, and you know they had a they had a bigger car and nicer suits than what I was wearing, and they were more and more empty, and ended up getting more and more expensive toys to numb themselves against the pain. So they couldn't walk away from the hamster wheel because that was how they paid for the toys to numb them from the last cycle. And and I said I I have to get out. There has to be more. So I, I called up my academic classmate, the great Jesuit father Robert Spitzer, and said, Father. There's got to be more to life. There has to be more than than just making the paycheck and and trying to get comfortable and entertained. And that started a conversation which led me to discover St. Ignatius. And St. Ignatius just swept me off my feet. He said he was looking for men who wished to distinguish themselves in the service of Christ the King. Wow. And it was like falling in love. Wow. Father Robert McTagg with us, and we're talking about setting the culture, what you and I are called to do every single day, and we're hopeful that what you hear on Relevant Radio helps you talk about your faith really in everyday language, because that's what we do to make the faith magnetic, and that's how you can make it magnetic for someone else. And at 888 here on the Drew Mariani Show, we're sharing your stories about ways, subtle and otherwise, you share the faith. You let people know that you're Catholic. Anne's joining us in Slinger, Wisconsin. Hi, Anne. Welcome to the Drew Mariani Show. You're on with Father McTagg. Well, thank you all for all you do. You're the only station around. That's it. But I want to make it real quick. Every Christmas and St. Patrick's Day, I have pens printed up. It says, Baby Jesus loves you, and so do I. And I give them out in stores and places that I go and wish them Merry Christmas. And when I go to... Uh, I'll eat, which isn't often, or I go to the store. I always engage a person, ask them their name, you know, and, and how they're doing, and, and really mean it. Say, I'll pray for you if they have a problem. And then, you know, when I go out, which is seldom, I'm a big tipper because I think being generous is what Jesus was. Even though I'm not a woman of money, I think if I can afford to go out, I can afford to be cheerful. And I do greet people, whether I know them or not. And one time a lady cried. She said, you're the nicest person I met today. So, you know, you have to just go out and meet them and, and bring some warmth and love to them. Father McTagg, Ann brings up a good point because I think a lot of us look, and I've certainly fallen into this category where I look for the conversion like Paul, those moments that are just bigger than life. But it's the little things that Anne's doing that's really going to change the culture and for us to share our Catholicism in the culture, isn't it? 
Yes, of course. What we have to, to be aware of is that we are surrounded by opportunities to do something good, to do something good uh, out of gratitude for what God has done for us. You know, uh, God is a cheerful giver, and he loves cheerful givers. And as I said, we're surrounded by these opportunities to do small things with great love. And, you know, our, our Lord uh, you know, tells the story of the widow's might. He, you know, we have the occasion of the little boy showing up with some loaves and some fish. You show up with what you have, and you offer it to God, and you let God do the heavy lifting. Can you set the culture? Can you share your faith and be liked at the same time? We all like to be liked. Can you do both Ooh. at the same time? Uh, well, uh, g- g- good luck with that. Well, see, you know, there's a difference between between fame and, and honor. Aquinas said fame is uh, renown amongst the mob, and the mob is uh, is always fickle and untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. And honor is recognition by those who who are virtuous, those who are good. So, uh, living a robust Christian life will certainly bring you honor among those who have the eyes to see. Uh, they're actually relatively rare. Uh, remember, our, our Lord promised us victory, and he promised us joy, and he promised us crosses and opposition. And, and anything else is, is gravy. Uh, you know, we want to we live and die doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Whether or not we get applause or, or get stoned, that, that's not in, in, our, our, uh, in our control. My, if I had to bet, I'd say you're more likely to get stoned than, than to get a pat on the back. Father Robert McTagg with us on the Drew Mariani Show, and we're talking about setting the culture as Catholics. But really, to break that down a little bit more, just how your friends, family, strangers know that you're a Roman Catholic man or woman in ways that you have shared your faith, subtle or otherwise, sharing your stories, 888 You heard Anne's witness. We want to hear yours. And what's the reaction when people find out that you're Catholic? Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Always get the question because uh, you know sometimes, and it usually happens at the gym when the miraculous medal or my scapular comes out of my T-shirt, and somebody says, "What's that?" And I'll explain what it is. And as a matter of fact, I had a conversation probably about two weeks ago with someone who said. Um, you know, we never really went to church as kids. You know, we would only go on Easter or Christmas. And that started about a 15-minute conversation with somebody new at the gym about faith. Never had those conversations before. We talk about, you know, the Packers game or something that was on television, something that was in the culture, but never really had this deep conversation about faith. And it was more of a revelation to me, I think, Father McTagg, than it was to the person I was speaking to. Because when I got back in the car, it was like, well, that was easy. That was kind of like breathing. We just had the, we just had this conversation. It happened to be about God and why you don't go to right. church anymore. Right. Yeah. You see, again, we 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 have this misapprehension that all progress is the result of a very great drama, and if it's not something worth being memorialized in a literary novel, then, <laughs> then it, it really doesn't count. Um, I mean, there, there are just ordinary things you, you you do with great love. Now, again, you're you know you're in a gym and and you flash a scapula or a medal. That can be an occasion of conversation. You know, when I travel, you know, I'm I'm in my my sin fighter suit. I'm I'm not wearing black just because it's it's a fashion statement. And there are people who kind of look at you funny. 
And the, can I say, can I ask you, you know, why you, you do what you do? I mean, one of the reasons why I wear the uniform is to let people know that, that I'm, I'm open for business. Sure. That there's more to me than, than just meets the eye. That there that there's a story waiting to, to be told. And, and I'm happy to tell that story when, when the opportunity presents itself. What's the most unusual question someone's asked you when they've seen you in your clerics? Uh, well, you know, I, I like to pray the rosary before I um, before a flight. So people are taking their seat, and then they see Father in a sin fighter suit praying the rosary. Some people look relieved. Some people look alarmed. I was going to say, that's say, not Father, a confidence you know builder. Something... <laughs> <laughs> they said, Father, do you know something that I don't know? And I said, oh, I'm sure of it. <laughs> and, and then we, we kind of laugh, at, and that started a, a conversation that way. And then when people uh, see, learn that I'm a Jesuit, they'll ask me if I'm an exorcist. And I say, no, but I, I do have to watch the movie every year to keep my certification up, and then I kind of look the other way. That's funny. That's funny. Although there's yeah. another point there in that you can communicate your faith in humor. It doesn't have to, yeah. Communicating faith doesn't have to be dry as dust. Right, right. You, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking ab- about something that people have lived and died for, for m- millennia. I think there's a way of presenting the faith that can make it almost inevitable for someone to say, tell me more. And that, mm-hmm. that's all you want, someone to say, tell me more. Tell me more, 888-914-9149 with Father Robert McTagg. We're talking about an article that he wrote for org in that meeting between then Archbishop George... Francis Cardinal George, but when he was first archbishop in the Archdiocese of Chicago, brand new, meeting with the Pope, and he brings all of these tomes of facts and figures and information about the Archdiocese of Chicago, John Paul II pushes them aside and says, what are you doing about the culture? So what are you doing about the culture? 888-914-9149. Debbie's joining us in Tampa, Florida, here on the Drew Mariani Show. Hi, Debbie. Hi, thanks for having me. How are you? Um, calling uh, as far as how not so much myself, but my son, who's 24 years old, and how he has made it his commitment this last year to wear it on his sleeve, as he says, to let everybody know that he is Catholic and that it means everything to him. And he has had it on his profile as he was trying to date. And he actually a couple of times had other um, women in their 20s turn him down, not realizing, even though it was on his profile, um, once they found out he was Catholic, they said, oh, you're Catholic? That's that's a deal breaker. Um, so it's like, well, it was on my profile. You know, it was there. So after that, instead of removing it, he actually put it in there bigger. I love it. Isn't that a beautiful witness, Father? Yes, yes. And, and you know, if being a Catholic is, is a deal breaker, it, it's good for him to know that up front, too. You know, I I I think that this is important to say. Hey, you know, I don't want to I don't want to interact with people who've given their lives to Christ in the one church he founded. Well, okay, thank you for the truth and, and advertising. I I don't take that as a loss. Debbie, was your son always rooted in his faith as strongly as he is today, or perhaps he had a conversion at some point in time in his life? Oh, I think Debbie went away. But that's a tremendous witness. Oh, okay. And and just, you know, again, um, you know, being very, very bold about it. And you're right. And we, and we do need – are you back, Debbie? Though Debbie's back. I'm sorry, yeah, Debbie. Yes, I'm here. Oh, yes, good. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. No, my okay. son, um, he, he was raised always, and he always had some um, recognition of it, but nothing to the degree. He basically – he seems like he's almost been having a calling. Like, he's been so close and embraced his faith. 
in a way that now it is in the forefront and it has meant everything to him. And I'm happy to say that he did just recently at that month find a very wonderful, um, it seems to be working out a great relationship so far. And, and she's a Catholic girl and it means a lot to her as well. Um, but I loved hearing his stories of what would happen to him when he would have these interactions with these other women. Um, and one of them, cause he would try to implore with them, like, what was it? You know, it was bothersome. And I know one was like, Oh, yeah, I was used to be Catholic. I used to go to church, but honestly, every time I went to church, it just made me feel bad. So I stopped going. Wow. And his whole thought was, well, maybe there's a reason that you're supposed to be feeling bad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that's that, that that's a fair question. And you know, and the <clears throat> it's feeling bad not for its own sake, but feeling bad as, as an occasion of of repentance. You know, it's the old joke of doctor doctor it hurts when I do that. And he said, "Well, don't do that." And a lot of what God does is say, "Hey, don't do that." You know, you're doing something that's bad and bad for you. And if you decide that you love your sin more than anything else, that's never a happy ending. Debbie, blessings to you and your son, and thanks for sharing uh, his witness as a 24-year-old of standing up and saying, I'm Catholic, and also how he brought that also to his dating profile as well. And uh, we'll be praying for a successful relationship with the young woman that he met. Elisa is in Summers Point, New Jersey, in South Jersey, listening to Relevant Radio 640 as we talk about how you share your faith in the culture. Hi, Elisa. You're on with Father McTagg. Hi, Father. Hi, John. How are you? Good. Good, thank you. I wanted to say that I actually wear a holy card of St. Therese on my work badge. And a couple weeks ago, one of um, of my fellow staff members um, asked me uh, who it was and and what it was about. And I explained um, who St. Therese was, and she was really interested. Um, And she said, I think that's great that you carry that with you. And um, and then I also casually, during certain conversations with people, mentioned that I do the family rosary, rosary almost every night with Father Rocky. And then they inquire, oh, really? How do you do that? And I, I say to YouTube or Facebook, and you can actually call in with petitions. And they're always so curious um, to, to know that. And I just find it just a great way to kind of be a little bit of an apostle. <laughs> right. When Elisa mentioned that people are always curious, uh, you've certainly had that experience. It's easier for you because you're in your clerics, but for the rest of us who are are not, obviously, uh, there is always that curiosity about our faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, even among those who walked away from their faith, it's like, you know, well, why do you do what you do? And I always, uh, I always point those folks, if they can't answer the question, to listen to the Patrick Madrid show to uh, just, you know, kind of brush up on getting those very basic answers of apologetics. But it's also an opportunity to just simply let our guard down and share the real us, to really share that. We talk about the light of Christ, and sometimes it's in an esoteric way that we put the light of Christ in a cloud. But this is the opportunity, as Elisa was mentioning, to just, you know, literally share it at that very moment in time and to let people in inside our hearts. And, and, and you know, John, um, <clears throat> we're always enthusiastic when, when we talk about people that, that we love. I, I remember catching up with a friend I hadn't seen in about five years, and we talked for about an hour about family and the kids and work and so on. And I said, gosh, we haven't seen each other in years. We spoke for over mm-hmm. an hour, and not once did she mention her husband. 
And I said, well, and then it turns out their their marriage was on the rocks. If we don't have anything to say about Christ to someone who who is inquiring, we have to wonder what place Christ has in, in our heart. I mean, if he really is the source and summit of our lives, if he is the beginning and end of our lives, then we can't help but but want to share that. And that takes some measure of preparation. In the Epistle of Peter, it says, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's in you. When I was a new priest and I would ask students about the religious affiliation, very often they'd say, Catholic, I guess. I, I said, you you probably don't spend a lot of time in the faith. You probably don't right. spend a lot of time in contact with our Lord. So we have to act like what we're meant to be, which is people who are in love. We're hopeful that we've given you the opportunity to have that next conversation with someone where you can share your faith and you can uh, show the foundation of your heart to another soul. And perhaps on this day when the Church commemorates the conversion of St. Paul, you can convert a soul out there as well. Father Robert McTagg is a member of the Maryland Province of the Society of Jesus. He's written about this in a conversation that Pope Pope St. John Paul II had with then Archbishop Francis George of the Archdiocese of Chicago about what are you going to do to set the culture. Father, thanks. God bless. God, God bless you. Good work, John. Take care. And let's talk about those conversion stories because we all have them in some way, shape, or form. On this day when the church commemorates the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle, what is your conversion story? Is it a dramatic one? Is it a subtle one? 888-914-9149. Call right now with your conversion stories as we continue on the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. Thank you. I can't believe I got on. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. 888-914-9149. John Harper in for Drew on the day that the church commemorates the conversion of St. Paul. St. Paul, who was arguably the persecutor of Christians, has this dramatic, this dramatic conversion on his way to Damascus. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Jesus asks. And it's a dramatic conversion like that. And there's Paul who then converts the Gentiles and then goes out into the world to bring others to Christ. What about your conversion story? Maybe you had one of those moments on the road to Damascus where you just had this dramatic change in your life. You came back to the faith. There was something that happened that brought you back to the faith, or maybe it was something that was more subtle. Our number is 888 We want to share your conversion stories because your story, your witness, will you'll be the Paul of the moment at 888-914-9149 because the Holy Spirit will go to work. That's the common denominator in this conversation that we're having on the Drew Mariani Show is the Holy Spirit going to work and your witness will touch another soul listening on the relevant radio app, listening on 185 radio stations across North America or someplace around the world at relevantradio.com. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Mine's a little more subtle. 
Um, I never walked away from my faith. I lived in a faith-filled house as an only child with mom and dad and grew up as, I want to say, as an Orthodox Catholic. I don't want to say conservative Catholic because that, that's, that's not an accurate title. The orthodoxy of our faith was always celebrated in the parish in which I grew up, and I kept that with me when I went to college. But like a lot of us, maybe you had a point in your life where you just kind of checked off the boxes. And that's where I was as a Catholic in my teens and early 20s. I checked off the boxes. Then I remember one day I was a sophomore in college, and I just woke up one morning, and I'll never forget it. It was a Thursday in October. That's how profound it was to me. And I was just, I don't I was just not right. There's, there was something that was nagging at me, and it was the Holy Spirit pulling me, pulling me to a chapel that the Franciscans ran in Prudential Center in Boston. I went to Boston University. And so I remember going to class, and it was probably about 12 o'clock, and I went down to the chapel. I walked down to the chapel, which was about a 15-minute walk away, and I went into the confessional because they had confessions all day long. And I just had this long conversation with this Franciscan priest, and I can still see his profile on the other side of the screen. And I literally floated out of that confessional, and that was my, that was my Paul moment. Was it dramatic? Yeah, to me it was. And then suddenly it was like somebody opened my eyes because when I went to Mass, and I started going to daily Mass a little bit more than I had been always going to Sunday Mass, never missed that, but I was hearing the Word of Christ in a different way. I remember coming home a month later for Thanksgiving break and mom and dad saying, there's something different about what is there's something different about you. And I just said, "Ah, I guess I'm just growing up at college. Uh, You know, I really couldn't put my finger on it, but that's that was my Paul moment. What about yours? Triple eight, nine, one, four, nine, one, four, nine, eight, 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 nine, one, four, nine, one, four, nine. Juan's in Texas joining us here on the Drew Mariani show on this day of the commemoration of uh, the conversion of St. Paul, the apostle. What's your Paul story? Juan, welcome. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, sure. My conversion story is, is I'm a, I'm a catechumen. I'm in the process of uh, being baptized. Um, and uh, ever since I ran into Relevant Radio and, and uh, met my wife, first I met my wife, and uh, she was kind of dragging me to church. Uh, I was kind of dragging my feet behind her. She wanted to pray a rosary. I, I do it just because of her. Really didn't focus, didn't, you know, uh, really get into it um but as time went on as time went on i finally ran into relevant radio and and started learning more and started reading more and just started striving for god and uh um, i can't wait till the day i get baptized and as as every day i come home from listening to relevant radio i'm driving around i work in oil field uh i always come home at the dinner table and say well this is what i learned today And and i tell my kids and my wife and all that every day and, uh, but with that said, I mean, as time went on, I mean, I, like I said, I, I love going to church. I love hearing the word. I hear it different now. Um, I read it. I pray before mass. I pray every morning. Um, I just strive for it. And that's something that, that just, I, I feel, I feel like I need it every day. And, uh, and, and I feel empty if I don't, if I don't listen to it or talk about it or, or see it. And, uh, it's just something that my wife finally sat down with me. She said, well, the, the reason 
I think it happened is why you're really striving for us because I've been praying all these undoer of knots to finally get you here. <laughs> so uh, that surprised me, and I was like, well, I guess patience does work out then. So uh, <laughs> I, that's that's my conversion story. I just I just been striving for it and and can't have enough of it. That is beautiful, Juan. When do you come into the church? When do you get baptized? Uh, I have a hopefully here pretty quick. I can't I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, I'm supposed to meet with the, our our priest and and uh, get that thing going. And uh, I just can't wait. I, I'm just I'm ready. I'm ready. Count I'm on ready our prayers. Get... You you know you got the army of relevant radio listeners praying for you and storming heaven, Juan. And you've touched so many souls. And count on my prayers for you and your beautiful family in the Adoration Chapel. And keep us posted, Juan, because this is a story that uh, certainly hasn't finished. Has doesn't have an ending yet, and it never will have an ending because we live our faith in an organic process, and we're always learning something new, as you say, from relevant radio, as I do, learning from relevant radio every day. Juan, thank you for sharing that story. Eight. 888 on the day that the church commemorates the conversion of St. Paul. Your conversion stories, they could be dramatic. They could be subtle. John, what did you drop there in St. Charles, Illinois? Because I had the dropsies all day long, so I think it's contagious. Yeah. Yeah, hi. Uh, uh, just, a, uh, just a brief... Uh, uh, conversion story. Uh, I was in RCIA 24 years ago and uh, just thought I was punching my ticket to be able to go and uh, uh, receive the Eucharist. Didn't really understand, uh, uh, you know, uh, what it was all about. But uh, then uh, my daughter, who was uh, going to be receiving her first communion, she says, well, Dad, you know, there's going to be going to be an empty pew soon. And I said, what do you mean? She says, well, uh, you know, you're going to be receiving your uh, uh, first Eucharist, as I will. Uh, and uh, then we'll be able to go up with uh, Mom and, uh, and Amanda and be together as a family. And uh, her words just struck me so clearly that um, uh, you know, just was a was an immediate uh, conversion. Sort of, I always uh, think of myself as like Saint uh, Paul because it uh, just knocked me off my horse to hear mm. that. Um, yeah, that yeah. youngster say that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting the how, the Holy, how the Holy Spirit works through some of the most unusual voices, and the Holy Spirit was also working in you. And we've all had those moments, John, where the Holy Spirit works in both parties because you heard what you needed to hear at that very time that, uh, you know, started you down this beautiful road. John, thanks for sharing that story here, 888 As we talk about conversion stories today, the Church commemorates the conversion of St. Paul, and of course, his was a very dramatic one, very fast one. He then turned from persecutor to someone who converted the Gentiles, went out to the world to bring so many others to Christ. It was a very rapid conversion, and he had the same zealousness about his faith. 
after the conversion that he had in the persecution of the church before his encounter with Christ. What about yours? 888-914-9149. Rocco's in Westchester County, New York, listening to Relevant Radio 1160. Hi, Rocco. Welcome to the Drew Mariani Show. Tell us about your conversion story. Hello. Hello. Do you hear me? Loud and clear, Rocco. Let's hear that conversion story. All right. Fantastic. All right. First of all, thank you for taking my call. And uh, just shout out to uh, Drew Mariano, Patrick McGree, Father Rocky, and Father Simon. You guys are phenomenal. And listen to you guys pretty much every day. And I enjoyed this station, the app, by the way. Everyone listening, get the app because it's fantastic. Anyway, let's uh, tell you my quick story here. Uh, back in the, uh, the old uh, neighborhood in the Bronx, New York, in the Arthur Avenue slash Belmont District, that's where Dion and the Belmonts were from. Just to give you an idea where, where we grew up, we had a little band, a rock and roll band, uh, more like in the uh, uh, heavy metal, I would say, type of thing at the time. I'm 55 years old, so do the math. I was about 18, 19 years old around that time. But anyway, walking across the street from Mount Carmel Church on Arthur and uh, 187th Street between Belmont and Hughes Avenue, and a priest by the name of Father Paul Waddell, who was uh, still a friend today, very close friend today, uh, saw us walking across the street with our band equipment and guitars and whatnot and long hair, you know, the whole deal. And, and he called us over. He said, hey, where are you guys going? You know, where are you guys uh, off to? Uh, we're going to band practice or maybe later on we'll get a drink or something. He goes, well, why don't you guys uh, step over here? And he goes, he says, he says by the way, did you ever meet the boss? And we looked at him and said, yeah, we know the boss, you know, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, he's and he talking goes, about the other no, one. No, 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 not that boss. <laughs> you know, back in the day, Bruce was a, was a hot ticket. He still is. But, you know, back then he really was. And he laughed and he said, no, no. He pointed with his finger towards the door of the church and said, no, the real boss is in here. Uh, you guys want to meet him? And we were like, we looked at each other and said, nah. Let's give this young, at, by, the t- by the way, this priest at the time, uh, he's about five or so years older than me. At the time, we were, like I said, in the 18, 19 area. He must have been about 26, 27, something of, of so he was a young priest, you know, doing his thing, doing his, his uh, recruitment, so to speak. And uh, lo and behold, a lot of these guys still today speak not only to this priest still, but also also are, 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 uh, have a good faith good Catholic uh, uh, faith uh, to still sustain them. So that's my story, and uh, good that you guys got my, picked up my call. I appreciate that, and, uh, and that's that. By the way, Rocco, uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church, one of the most beautiful churches in the Archdiocese of New York. They just redid it in the last, I want to say, two or three years, and it's absolutely magnificent. Yes. And maybe because yes, I'm, Father, I'm I'm here in the New York studio, maybe we can uh, head over to Arthur Avenue sometime and have a margarita pizza over at Mario's. What do you think? Hey, hey I'll bring you over to Enzo's across the street. Enzo's, too. Mario's, yeah. is, Mario's is good, but Enzo's, I'll tell you, and there's another little spot called Antonio's around the corner where around the, the corner. chicken yep. market used to be. Yep, yep, you know exactly. I, I know the neighborhood really well. I know the neighborhood well. I, so that's good. I Rocco. wish you could, uh, I wish you could uh, call me up. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but... Uh, I well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna so put, I'm gonna know. put you on, I'm gonna put you on hold. You can leave, leave your number with, uh, with Nick and Maggie, 
And uh, we'll try to get together and uh, we'll make all of the uh, we'll make the run up and down Arthur Avenue to all of the restaurants and go over and say a prayer at uh, the parish of Our Lady of Mount Carmel. This is the day that the church commemorates the conversion of St. Paul. We're sharing your conversion stories, dramatic or otherwise, 888-914-9149 as we continue on the Drew Mariani Show here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com slash Forrester. This is the Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Call in now at 888-914-9149 to tell Drew what you think. John Harper for Drew today on the day that we remember the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle. The church celebrates the conversion of St. Paul the Apostle, and we're sharing your conversion stories. And I think I inadvertently opened a can of worms talking about Bronx pizza being the best pizza because that opened up the conversation among you at 888-914-9149 saying, no, 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 no. You got to have the deep dish Chicago pizza and then the thin crust Milwaukee pizza. We'll, we'll get to pizza wars at another time, or I suppose in the broadest sense of the term of the conversion of St. Paul that would convert a thin crust pizza to the deep dish pizza in Chicago, but we'll save that for another conversation. But we want to really share those conversion stories, and maybe you had a dramatic conversion story, as Paul did, on the road to Damascus, or yours was more subtle, but whatever your conversion story is at 888 know that the Holy Spirit is working through you, touching another relevant radio listener who may have that conversion story. You are the St. Paul of today at 888 Mike in Montclair, New Jersey. Mike, welcome to the Drew Mariani Show. Tell us about your conversion story. Hi, John. Thank you very much. Um, I think we met at uh, Seton Hall University when you've been there uh, with the men's conference. Men's conference, yeah, Um, the Archdiocese of Newark. Yeah, that's right. We miss you. Uh, Anyway, uh, so I was an airman in the United States Air Force, a cradle Catholic, and, uh, you know, during my uh, teen years and uh, early 20s, I, of course, fell away uh, quite dramatically. I was stationed up in uh, Eielson Air Force Base, Alaska. Uh, a friend invited me to a little Southern Baptist church, and I went there. Uh, he said, there's some really nice girls there. That's how he got me there. <laughs> uh, so I went, and uh, hearing the preacher, uh, uh, the Lord uh, kind of showed me two, uh, uh, two ways, a, a dark way and a light way, and I, he was saying, this is your chance to go toward the light. Now, two months into it, uh, I was thinking I was great, born again and everything, but the Lord had a different uh, uh, path for me uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, I was at the barracks, and uh, I see all these guys who I knew were Catholic around. I said, hey, guys, let's go to Midnight Mass. So I went to Midnight Mass, and the chaplain there was Father Thomas Sandy, who is now in uh, New York. And um, after that, I had a, a reversion back to the Catholic faith, because what I was seeing in, in Protestantism was all these different voices. And there was no unity. But in the Catholic Church, I found that unity. Uh, that led me to from California to Alaska to New Jersey, where I met my wife, uh, who's an outstanding Catholic. And uh, here we stay. And uh, I, we're a supporter of Relevant Radio. And uh, we believe in what you're doing. And thank you very much. 
Mike, thanks for that witness, and God bless you and your wife. What's her name so I can pray for both of you? Uh, Mike and Karen. Mike and Karen. Okay, and, Mike. Uh, we, belong to, we belong to St. Cashin Church in Montclair, and it's the only uh, parish named St. Cashin in North America. There you go. And some Catholic trivia for okay. you today. Just in case you're on Jeopardy one day, that could be the daily double answer. You never know, Mike. Hey, thanks. Great conversion story, too. 888 on this day that we commemorate the conversion of St. Paul and sharing your conversion stories at 888 Tony's in California. Tony, welcome to the Drew Mariani Show. What happened to you? Well, um, I grew up uh, a Catholic. Um, I was uh, went to a Catholic grammar school, Catholic high school, and then, like your earlier caller, I got into a band and decided I didn't need God anymore. Well, fast forward, um, I ended up getting married at 46 uh, for the first and only time. My wife and I got married in a uh, uh, actually <laughs> a place called Harmony, and uh, it's basically just a, a converted cheese storage area that they made into a chapel well five years later uh my youngest son is five and i'm telling him you know i said we're going to go back to church and i told my wife i said i want anthony to know you know who real we go to church and then we decided you know what we want to get married in the church Mm -hmm. and so everything worked out to where we could so we got remarried by father david and then about um about uh, three months later, I get an email to Lecter out of the out of the blue. I wasn't even on a list or anything, and I thought to myself, you know, the Lord is asking me to do this. So I started to read and uh, for the church, and whenever I read, I try to really bring as much to it as I can as far as getting people to really want to listen to it. And then I ended up getting involved in the choir. And now every morning for the last three or four years, I read the Magnificat, and I tell everybody about the Magnificat. And when I'm allowed to do the announcements at church, I do. And uh, Relevant Radio has been extremely important to me and bringing me back to the church. So I just want everybody to know that, you know, what you're listening to is the truth, the way, and the life. and, And life couldn't get any better without the Lord. Uh, so beautifully said, Mike. Thank you. St. Cashin's Church, that's that's Stephen Colbert's parish. Have you ever seen him around the parish? I'm sorry. This is Tony. Oh, Tony. I'm sorry. Yeah, California. I was uh, oh. calling you from California. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. That's right. Mike was talking. I, I, sh- I meant to ask Mike. I'm just looking at the wrong thing here. i got to pay attention. That's why they don't have me around very often. <laughs> no. No problem. <laughs> thanks a lot, Tony. That's a great story. And thanks for the kind comments about Relevant Radio and blessings to you and your family. Savon is joining us in Los Angeles, and she's listening to Relevant Radio 93 KHJ. Savon, what about your conversion story on this day that we commemorate the conversion of St. Paul? Yes, uh, hi. Um, I, uh, you know, we, we were in a pilgrimage a uh, big group, like a few hundred people on a group, uh, True Life in God uh, pilgrimage, uh, going from Beirut, from Lebanon, to Damascus, but on a bus, not on a horse. Yeah. And on the way, on the way, and, and at that time, I, I, I wouldn't understand the Bible. I would read the Bible, but I wouldn't understand it. And there was the messages of True Life in God, and I wouldn't understand anything. So someone sat next to me. 
and uh, little by little she started asking me about why I am there and then she started talking to me about the intimacy of God about the love of God and some things that she said it did it for me you know and as soon as I come home uh, so I started reading the Bible. I started reading the messages, and it brought me back to the to my church, which is the Orthodox Church. But now, I mean, since then, I started going to Mass every day, Catholic Mass. And uh, now I serve both churches and both altars, the Catholic and the Orthodox. It was a, it was a conversion on the road to Damascus, really conversion. Uh, literally on the road to Damascus. Savon, thank you. Thanks for sharing that story with us this morning, and thanks for listening to Relevant Radio. Let's stay in Los Angeles right now, and Dee is joining us on the Drew Mariani Show, and we're sharing your conversion stories today. 888-914-9149. We've heard some dramatic ones, dramatic or subtle, how you heard the voice of Jesus calling you. 888-914-9149. Dee, welcome to the Drew Mariani Show. What about your conversion story? Hi, John. How are you? Um, uh, it, it was um, my conversion was I was raised Catholic, but I was away from church for a while, mm-hmm. and so I was um, in the church of my mom, which my mom used to go. And my mom, we were celebrating her um, <clears throat> ninth ninth day novena. Um, she had passed away during that time, and so um, I was. And then after the mass, they were going to do a position of blessed sacrament, which I didn't know. And uh, but I felt like a, I was nailed to the ground that I couldn't move, and so the priest came to get the blessed sacrament from the chapel, and I would follow him. And then um, the priest prostrated himself in front of the blessed of the tabernacle, and I felt like I need to kneel. And so I kneeled and started shaking. And so when the priest got the blessed sacrament, I I followed him, and that was it. I felt like this magnet was pulling me to to the blessed sacrament and and then the priest you know after the the, the talks the priest called people to put hands on him, them and um and I felt like this love mm-hmm. immense love that I could never feel and that was that was it that was my beginning of my conversion and and um that's beautiful, yeah. Dee. And you know, as, as, you, as you say, you felt you felt like this magnet, and and that's something also uh-huh. that uh, I neglected to ask some of our other family of callers here. But there really is this visceral part of a conversion, if it's a capital C conversion or if it's a small C conversion, where there's almost something there's something physical about it as well as something spiritual about it. And I bet that's the common denominator that we all had. And as you were describing that, I was thinking about that day, my kind of you know re version or really just kind of living my faith and not sleepwalking through my faith as I've often to uh, referred to it uh, the uh, the physical force that I felt going into the confessional back when I how old was I then I was 18 years old um, as a sophomore in college hey D thanks so much and God bless you thanks for sharing those stories triple eight nine one four nine one four nine with Timory coming up next here right after the drew Mariani show and a reminder tomorrow to be listening to John Morales on morning air 
they'll go live to the Vatican for the Pope's general weekly audience with our Vatican correspondent, Ashley Nerona. And tomorrow, the Holy Father is asking you and me for prayers in this prayer for peace for the Ukraine. Because he expressed this concern, as I'm sure you have, about the growing tensions in the area and the threat to peace in that part of the European continent. So that'll be tomorrow live from Rome on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.